Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Tony. Hi, everybody. My name is Tony, and I'm a compulsive overeater. I am so grateful to be here today. I'm coming up on four years, which is nothing short of a miracle. Um, this is not my first time in OA, um, but I kind of want to start by talking about what it was like for me. And I think my story isn't that different from anybody else. My first thoughts, my first memories were of just being fat. How fat I was when I look back, it's like, geez, I wasn't even that big, but it was more in my head, if anybody else in here can relate to that. Um, and just feeling like I was different and I didn't fit in and didn't belong. And I have three sisters, Italian family, always people in and out of the house. And um, really the only place for any privacy was the bathroom. And I remember sitting on the bowl, you know, and your pants are down, and just looking at my tummy at such a small age, a young age, and thinking, I hate this. I hate this. I want to rip it off. I want to cut it off. I hate it. And how sad that is. And I grew up, I was born in 1958, and I think of the kids today with the body image and, the, you know, these models who are size zero and mother of God, you know, I just, wow. So, um, you know, just always feeling fat and never having enough. And I heard somebody at a meeting very recently say, you can identify as a compulsive overeater if you have these three things. Poor me, I want more, and F you. (laughs) I was reminded not to cuss, and I try to just speak my truth, so I'm going to try to be very careful with that. But you can, like, do one of these if I forget or something. Um, But it is poor me. Poor me. Poor me. I mean, just always feeling like such a victim. And I went to Catholic school. Lots of kids in a classroom back in the 60s, like 40 kids and a nun who must go directly to heaven looking back. But, um, you know, kids are mean. Kids are mean. And if you're the fat kid, I mean, you could be anything. You know, forget about in L.A. today. You can shoot heroin in your eyeballs, but if you're fat, woof. <laughs> but, um, you know, kids are tough. They're tough. And, and it made me very tough. And I grew up in a time where we had a lot of chores and you did a lot of stuff. And I didn't realize how strong I was. And I got to the point where somebody bothered me. I would just knock the living crap out of them. Boys, too, you know. <laughs> and then as I got older, maybe... Fifth, sixth, seventh grade, I realized that I could deflect you with humor. I could make fun of me first, so I wouldn't even give you a chance. And I was very, very funny. And I actually sometimes even make a living at that. But um, on the inside, it's not funny. It's not funny when you're the buddy to the guys, but you don't get asked to the dance. You know, and I'd have to put down the dances and make fun of them and hang out up front, you know, and drink or eat and make fun of all the other pretty girls because, you know, they're blah, blah, blah. But meanwhile, inside, I'm dying because nobody wants to take me, you know. 
so I, I um, you know, I eventually started dating, um, and always men that were less than, for lack of a better word, you know. And I recently, you know, you do your inventories and stuff, and I looked at my list of exes was such a parade of losers. <laughs> and I thought, the common denominator was me. And, and I saw Marie Osmond on a talk show speaking about her divorce or something, and here's this big hair Mormon with the teeth. I've got nothing in common with And she said, ladies, know your self-worth because you marry your self-esteem. And I almost fell right off the fat couch. I couldn't believe it. Know your self-worth because you marry your self-esteem, and it's true. My self-esteem was in the gutter, so all I'm going to date are these skeeves, or I say, oh, I like the bad boys. No, because the bad boys get drunk and don't care. You know, they don't care. So um, I haven't dated in a very long time. And um, I was driving in. Our speaker getter picked me up. Talk about service. And uh, I told her I haven't dated in years. But if I ever do date again, honey, he's got to bring it. Because <laughs> I'm more than my body, you know. Um, and I, this isn't my first time at the dance. This isn't my first time at OA. The first time I came in, I grew up in New York. Um, I was living in Boston at the time. And I was drinking and coking and smoking and snorting and, you know, sleeping around and every other thing. And I thought, geez, I don't want to wake up and be fat, drunk, and 40. And I went to my first OA meeting. And back then, you couldn't share unless you had like six months or a year or something. I don't remember. But I went to one meeting a week. I got a gray sheet of what to eat. Very strict. And I never shared. I never worked steps. I never got a sponsor. So basically, I was on a diet. And when I moved out here at the end of 89, it was like going to a foreign country, but kind of with the same language. And so I found myself in an unsuredness. And so I discovered food again. And I can tell you this much I know. It's a disease of progression. When I look back at binges when I was a kid, I would split a pint of ice cream with a girlfriend. Honey, <laughs> in my heyday, that wasn't even the appetizer to the beginning of the start of the thing. Um, so I was out. And then I had a child with a skeev. <laughs> you know, and you know what? And today I like this guy. You know, we're not together. We split up when she was like eight months old or something. But I pray for him. I pray for him to find happiness. Talk about contrary action. But um, I, I ended up going back into OA maybe when she was around five or something. And I was working in a restaurant, and I got outed in the lobby where I work. There must have been 50 people in the lobby. And she's like, hi, Tony. And I'm looking at her, and she's like, it's so-and-so. And I had to look like I couldn't place her from OA. And I felt like the record scratched, the music stopped, and everybody turned and looked at me. Now, I don't know what actually happened, but, honey, I was off like a prom dress. I never went back again. I was done. And um, I, I know I'm jumping, but four years ago, almost four years ago, I came back to OA. Today I'm 56, so that makes me 52. I'm about five foot seven without shoes, and I was 323 pounds. I can't even say that without tearing up because, 
You know, I'm still heavy. I'm like 210. I've been stuck for about a year, but we'll get there. But you know how miserable my life was at 323 pounds? Oh, my God. So I came in because I wanted to raise my daughter. I thought, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. My skin on my fat back was just splitting. I don't know if it was splitting from eating too fast or from the fat sitting on the fat. I, just a nightmare. A nightmare. And I lived my apartment. I had moved upstairs when I wasn't as heavy. And I'd leave, I'd waitressing. So it took all my energy just to waitress. So on a waitress day, I couldn't even do a load of wash or dish dishes. I couldn't do anything but wait tables. And I had to wear shoes with springs that were about three inches high because I've waited tables all my life. Not because I'm 323 pounds. And I would eat all day. I'd go to work. I'd eat at work. If you told me to wrap your food, honey. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky if you got any of it. And, and then I'd hit a drive-thru on the way home and eat one or two of the dollar sandwiches before I even got home and ate. And, oh, my God. And I remember standing at the bottom of my staircase and looking up at it like I'm looking up at Mount Vesuvius, you know. And just having to pull myself up that railing and so much pain. And so I came in to lose weight. I came in to lose weight. And because I'd been in a couple of times, I knew what my alcoholic foods were. I know that it's sugar. So I don't do those kind of desserts. I'll have a little fruit when I want something. I do have fruit. I do still have barbecue sauce a little in the snacks. I just don't OD on that. But I'll bet you if I got rid of that, it would stop some craving. I don't know. And I still use flavored artificial creamer. So maybe that's someplace I need to go next. I don't know. Um, immediately I didn't do rice, potatoes, bread in any way, shape, or form, or pasta in any way, shape, or form. And I haven't touched any of that in almost four years. But here's another thing that's my truth. My scale hasn't moved in a year. In a year. And I finally talked to my sponsor. Actually, you know, we don't talk about weight that much. It's funny that I didn't realize that I was a whole boatload of crazy, that food was just a thing, that there was so much crazy behind it. Um, and she's such a calm lady, and I love her so much. And she said, you know, it sounds like you've got a great maintenance abstinence. We need to get you back into a, a losing abstinence. And I was leading a 100-pounder meeting not too long ago and shared this. And this woman who's in her 80s that I just adore, came up to me and said, honey, the first 100 pounds was easy. And now you've got to come to a new surrender. And I just love her. And I realize I have to. And what's keeping me out of it is fear. It's fear that it's going to get too small. It's going to feel like a diet and I'm going to be out. And if I was 323, if I know anything from dieting and binging my whole life, is if I go out, what's next, 400 and I just, I, I don't want to go back to that. I didn't realize how miserable I was until I wasn't, you know. And this isn't about advice given or anything, but newcomers, honey, you're in the right place. And it's for me, it's in the big book, and it's in those steps. And I, I call my sponsor five days a week for 15 minutes, and I take calls from my sponsees five days a week for 15 minutes. And I feel like for the first time in my life I'm in the middle of a chain. 
that we're just holding on to each other. That I don't have to be the best, but I don't have to be the worst. I'm learning to live in the gray. I never knew what the gray was. I'm an addict. I started, hey, honey, I want to go to Z. I don't know anything about B or C. <laughs> you know, what do they say? A normie goes outside, sees a flat tire, they call AAA. An addict goes outside, sees a flat tire, they call suicide hotline. <laughs> so I'm trying very consciously to go from A to B and to do the next indicated thing. And I will say this much. My life is so full today. It's so full. And I'm not really hung up on these last 40 or 50 pounds. It'll come when I surrender. It'll come. It's got to. It's math. It's physics. Little by little. I'll get there. You know, there's still little tweaks that I can do, but I'm so... My life is so full, and I find that I'm getting fearless. And I'll try anything, because I don't have to be the best. And how cool is that to try something and go, oh, yeah, I screwed up big time. You know, can you show me? I would never say, can you show me? Because, honey, I knew everything, and I, you know, I'm sure I was spinning the axis of where the globe was going. You know, I knew everything. And it's so, and I think it's so much more endearing that people, and I think that's how the attraction works. People will come to me because I admittedly, I just admit, yeah, I screwed up. I screwed up. I don't know. Can you tell me? I have no idea. Instead of having to know everything. And I'm so much more patient. My daughter's 20. She started driving two years ago. Not a great driver. (laughs) But, um, you know, we'll be in the car and somebody will cut me off. And I smile and I wave them in. And she looks at me. She's in shock. I'm going to to drive in New York. If my horn's out, I can't drive my car. You know, my horn's out. If my fingers don't work, I can't drive my car. <laughs> and she's like shocked, stunned, and amazed. Shocked, stunned, and amazed that I can just... But it's what I learned from this program. Take the contrary action. There are people, like at my work, uh, you know, coworkers that would just... I want to take them by the hair and slam their head on the counter... <laughs> And my, my sponsor tells me, pray for her for 21 days. And at first it's like, are you kidding me? And today, you know, because I can act as if, this program tells me to act as if, today things like that come natural. That I pay, pray for my baby daddy is insane. I didn't even let him in my house for years. I, you know, and I just pray for him to find happiness today. How different, how unusual, you know. And the person who pisses me off the most when I pray for them to find happiness, pray for them to find contentment, joy, ease, money, whatever it is they need, all of a sudden that person isn't being such a bee to me. And I don't know how it happens. I don't know how any of this works. I just know it does. When I can shut my mouth, God gave me one mouth, and open my two ears, wow, what I can learn, you know. Everything's better. Work relationships, even money. And I know a lot of, for me, money and fear go neck and neck. And today I just know that I I have a relationship with my higher power. In the food, I was so focused on results. And today I just do the work and leave the results to my higher power. That's none of my business. Whether it's making money to make my bills every month, whether it's an audition, whether it's waiting on somebody, are they going to tip me? What? It's not my business. And it's so much better. And the freak thing is, is things just come so much easier. Because in the food, I'm trying to just 
jam that block into that round hole as hard as I can and control everything, and everything turns to crap. But when I just do the work and let go, it's miraculous. It's, you know, and I know I sound all pink. Trust me, I have my bad moments. I have my bad days. I, I had a car accident some years back, and the lawsuit finally settled. I there's, um, have restricted movement of one of my arms for probably life. My shoulder, I'm in pain, like every day. And I barely got enough money to cover my medical bills. It's not my business. It's not my business. But I told my sponsor, for one day, I'm going to feel my feelings. For one day, I'm going to cry. I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to yell. I'm going to scream. And then I'm going to let it go. Because before program, I didn't know. I was like, oh, that's a feeling. I didn't know what that was because I just ate. I just ate and blocked and blocked and ate and stuffed and shoved and yelled and whatever. So today I'll have my feelings, but then I know I've got to move on. Because the big book tells me my favorite chapter is into action. It doesn't tell me into thinking, into wanting, into, you know, praying for the, the what do you call it, the... Uh, when they, what the, the, I pray for the what to have the what? The, uh, the willingness. Thank you. I just waited tables all day. Pray for the willingness to be willing. That's awesome, but I gotta, I gotta do an action. I gotta do an action. I gotta get out of my head, cause in my head, it's that ping pong ball bouncing around and it just gets bigger and bigger and rattled and rattled. But when I use my tools and I pick up that phone, or I write, or I go to a meeting, or make a plan, get out a piece of paper, make a plan, and get in action, it's so much better. And I just didn't realize how connected all this stuff was. When I did my fourth step, my house got so clean. <laughs> you know, very interesting how that, how that works, you know. I guess cleaning out my own crap, and it took me about ten months to do my fourth step, but it just, it's contagious. And for me, this is why working with sponsees is so important. So when I get a newbie and somebody who's just so afraid to do anything, because they don't want to do it wrong. Well, perfectionism is just another procrastination. That's all it is. But my house is so messy. I go, set a timer for half an hour. For half an hour, I don't care if you just do a load of wash or dust the thing itself, do something. Because I know once I'm of action, it's contagious. If I tell myself, I'm just going to mop the floor today. Before you know it, I'm vacuuming, I'm dusting, I'm doing something else. Because movement is just so much better. I saw on Facebook not too long ago a 93-year-old woman posted, every time I go outside, life is better. That's cool. That's really cool because I didn't realize how much I isolated, how much I just wanted to sit on the fat couch and eat. And, and so crazy, you know, I'd call up for Chinese delivery and I'd be on the phone and I'd turn my head, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> There's nobody else there. Like the guy on the other end of the phone even cares, you know. It's so the stories, the things I make up, the insanity, you know. Judgment. I'm like Judge Judy, and I had no idea. I have a downstairs neighbor who, when I was still very much into my food, um, got cancer. And she had to get a double mastectomy. And I go to my kid, look at her. She's downstairs smoking as I'm eating. As I'm eating at 300 and something pounds. Can you believe her? She's smoking. She has cancer. And I ate. And I was like, ugh. And I made the connection. I didn't stop eating. God, I wish that was my story. <laughs> I wish that the woman having cancer and smoking would make me stop eating. It didn't. But it was, it was like my first connection to it, you know. 
and for me the road narrows, and for me my truth is none is easier than one. I danced with booze for a while. I danced with popcorn. I danced with cereal. Eventually there's probably going to be a couple of other things, but when I stop dancing and go to none, man, is it easy. I worked a party, a private party for a bunch of rock and rollers the other night, and the food was phenomenal, and I saved my dinner for this because I knew I wanted to have what they were having. And it was this um, fried shrimp with plum sauce. And I had four shrimp. told my sponsor, I got such a tummy ache. And I said, I'm not making a big proclamation, but I think it's time to put the fried food on the list. You know, something doesn't make me feel good. I, and I'm Italian, Sicilian. i got a thick head. It's got to be pounded. How many times do I have to, like, get sick? I remember going to dinner with a girlfriend and just having spicy food after not eating all day, and I barely made it out of the restaurant. And I've known her for 20 years. And I had a, had a garbage can. And she was so sweet. I was like, well, you stayed there. Why didn't you go away? She goes, well, I didn't want to leave you. Being sick, she goes, but your ass looked fabulous. <laughs> I that's a girlfriend. You know, that's a girlfriend. So, weight-wise, I, I have a bunch to go. But I don't feel like I have to put on a big song and a dance or excuse about it. I still look at chairs and wonder, is that going to hold me? You know? But, but my willingness to try things today and to be in the gray is so different, so remarkable, so phenomenal. And when I'm in the business, when I, sometimes I, in the entertainment business sometimes, and I used to be so concerned with being the best and knocking you dead. And today, I have none of that. My only goals are to connect and have fun. And what a relief it is and how much better it is and what an attraction it is. And I take that into all of my life today, all of my work, all of my relationships. And my kid, I know she must thank God every day for this program because, man, I would just tear into her, wait for her to come home so I could scream at her about something she did. And today I don't have to do that. I can take a breath on the kids. She's had a long day. Let it go. Write about it. And talk about her calmly with a plan. And as a teammate, as a teammate, instead of that finger pointing, I try not to do that finger pointing today. You know, if something, if I have to confront somebody about something, I can just say, you know, this makes me uncomfortable. Is there a way we can work at fixing this? And that's so different. Especially my people. We want to tell you where to go and how to do it and I just don't have to jump on that drama-rama today. And, uh, you know, I, I, just the fact that I have a connection with a higher power is incredible. And today that it's a partner that I take this higher power with me all day, all day. Even if I just got to stop for a second and say, Lord, I have to go in this room. I really don't like those people. Be with me. Help me connect. Be with me. And... Um, also, I know for me, the smaller the food gets, the bigger my life gets. So much bigger. I can't tell you how much I do in a day. You know, I'll, I'll wait tables for six hours, and I'll still, I'm a dog walker. I'll do a show after that. I mean, it's just crazy. Things that used to exhaust me. And all the lying and the BS, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't, I don't have to explain myself. But when somebody says, you know, I made this cake, can't you just have one piece? 
I go, well, I used to weigh 323 pounds, so no, I can't. I don't, I, don't know how, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means to have one piece. I don't. I work with this kid at the deli who's so sweet, and they got in these jelly donuts and told us you should try one. And he goes, we'll just have one. I said, you'll have one, and you'll go about your day. If I have one, all I'm going to think about is how do I get two? How do I get three? Can I put it in my apron? Can I go in the bathroom? Can I sneak behind the counter? Can I go? He's like, really? I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I even smell that donut. I have a nosegasm. I don't even remember my kid's name. <laughs> None is easier than one. And for me, it starts with the food and ends with the food. And if I'm of service, that's a big one for me. And to do a sneaky service thing for people, you know, I recently took my car to my mechanic who I've known for years, and I told him I had a flat and blah, 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 and it's in the back, and i got to go to the tire place tomorrow. I go to the tire place the next day. The guys looked at me like I was crazy because my mechanic fixed the tires and didn't tell me. So the next day, I sent him pizza to the mechanics and didn't tell them. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a night, and that's the attraction of it. That's the attraction of it. It's like, today people want to do stuff for me. That's crazy. I, yeah, it's the rewards of this. Just because I was fat, I still am large, but just I came in to lose weight and I got so much more. I don't know why this book isn't in every school, place of religion. It's like, here it is. It's right here. Just do this. And I know they say it's a simple program that's not easy, but if it just for me starts with today's Saturday, all i got to do is Saturday. Because as an addict, I used to try to figure out my whole life in one day. I'll start on Monday. I'm starting on the 4th. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I don't have to do that anymore. What can I do today? And it's so much easier. And it's so much better. And it's so much nicer. It's just nicer. I just got to remember to be in gratitude, be of service, work the steps, number one, stay abstinent, and give away what I have. When I work with my sponsees, man, is that a gift. Because I can see where I was. Because I look in the mirror, I can't see. I can't, I, I just, I don't see the loss, you know. It's over 110 pounds I've given away. That's incredible. That's nothing short of a miracle. So... I guess that's all I have to say. Thank you. Do I take questions? Okay. Does anybody have a question for the crazy lady at the podium? Who <laughs> made no sense? Anybody? Okay, my morning prayer and meditation. You know, I, I five days a week I work with my sponsees and take my, do my call with my sponsor, so that's pretty much it. But I read the four today. I, I try to read little books, you know, different little books, different little stories. I have them by my bed. I have them by where I sit in the living room. I have them in my purse. I have them, you know, everywhere. I try to start the day and end the day. But I keep them in my purse and stuff for just when I need it, you know. But um, for me, I've learned God's everywhere. My higher power is always right here with me always. Thank you. Oh, could I share one of my amends? You know, when I came up on my amends, I was going back east for a wedding. And I said to my sponsor, I said, can I hold off and do it face-to-face, heart-to-heart? And she said, absolutely. And it was the best thing I ever did. And she said to be very specific instead of, you know, I'm sorry I was an a-hole for my whole life. (laughs) Just something very specific. And and to my older sister, who's a Republican, (laughs) 
I said, you know, when you first got married and you moved into the house as a newlywed, because my, my father had died just before that, I said, I was such a brat to you because it was all about me. I couldn't see anybody else's pain. I couldn't see anybody else's sacrifice. And I said, and what you and your husband did for this family was incredible. And thank you so much. And I'm so sorry that I was so difficult to live with. And my family has just been awesome about it. They've just been awesome about it. And it's the best. I feel like I'm closer to them. You know, I sought each one of them out and made my amends. And and just, it's awesome. Yeah. So how much do I write a day? I, you know, I do my step work. I do my step work every day. Um, And then when I'm going through something, I keep it with me. I keep a journal with me because writing, you know, I'll think about something, whether it's my kids annoying me, my boss, my this, my that, and I think about it. But when I write it, of course I write what I think I already know. But then what comes out after, there it is. There it is. That I don't know. And sometimes I'm like, holy crap, where did that come from? So I do make it a habit. I try to write every day. But my sponsor tells me just five minutes. You don't have to, you know, just commit to five minutes. Thank you.